the Brooklyn Nets clinch a playoff berth. And Chicago, they go into Brooklyn and get the win by 699-93. Miami sends Brooklyn home. Jason Kidd and the Brooklyn Nets, their season is over. But will advance in six games against Brooklyn. A disappointing ending to an up-and-down season. A return to relevance for the Brooklyn Nets, but the season comes to an end tonight in Philadelphia. He's over. The Toronto Raptors have posted their first-ever playoff series sweep as they eliminate the Brooklyn Nets, a team depleted by injuries. Definitely toe on the line. And the Bucks with the 115-111 victory over the Brooklyn Nets. And a sweep. Boston, four in a row. No question about it, I am ready to get hurt again. And we're back at it for episode number, oh, that's episode number five. I don't know why this is episode number four. Episode number five of Battered Nets fans. Uh, I am Daniel Granada. With me, thank you again for coming on as a co-host, Michael Biseglia. Is it Michael? It's just Mike. Uh, you can go Michael, Mikey B, Mike, or, uh, you know, dipshit, whatever you want to call me. I don't care. You can say it all. No, <laughs> Mr. I'm just kidding. Bad Weather fan himself. Thank, yes. thank you for I'm, joining I'm me happy. again. Yeah, man. Happy to be here. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me talk some Nets. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, man, I'm, that's the last time I'm going to use that that intro. That was that's just a, a little <laughs> history depressing. lesson of of the battered fans that we are over at least it's the last ten years that since they've been in Brooklyn, it goes way beyond that as far as the Nets franchise goes. But we have this new season upon us, and honestly, this is the first time I was that I watched every single preseason game. I don't know if you hmm. usually watch every single preseason game. I definitely don't. Hmm. At least not the full game. But this year, I was amped to watch Ben Simmons play. And that's literally the only reason I watched them. Yeah, probably not if I had to go back and check, you know, the Mike Biseglia preseason history. But I will say I'm with you. Like, I was totally amped to watch the preseason games for a couple of reasons. Number one, the same reason you just referenced, Ben Simmons, dying to see him play. And then number two, I've talked about how I think the Nets need to take the regular season seriously. I was just happy. Like, I was like, they're taking the pre-seasons seriously. The season before the season. So, on that two aspects, Ben Simmons and, and the serious note that they need to go into this year, I, I was I was glued in, just like you, yeah. And it was odd to see how seriously they took it. Now, I was a little – I was excited, but at the same time, I got a little worried because I don't think we should have been playing the big three – 30-plus minutes, the fourth preseason game. At that point, I started getting a little worried because you want to, like, the last thing we needed was an injury, right? And I know that that's very pessimist of me, like a pessimist sure. way of thinking. But as a Nets fan, what other way of thinking is there? Like, I, I get you. And, like, let's look at Joe and Seth not even being ready to play, but that's a different story on injury fronts. But I was okay with it. Now, I don't think they should push them and play, like, extend to get the win but this team needs to gain camaraderie needs to gain chemistry i'm like let's start now why wait why even experiment and wait till new orleans get these guys reps together in real live action i could not have been more happy about them playing together it's about getting wins down the line taking this seriously i was totally cool with it after the after that bucks game i I felt like I had seen everything I needed to. I was like, bring on the Bucs. I didn't need that fourth game. Me, personally. I was good after the Bucs game. 
Hey, Coach Nash in that organization, they wanted more reps. I mean, you know, Ben Simmons. But Steve in the Nash rides his stars to the ground, though. Yeah, let's let's start it now in the preseason. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> ben Simmons only played 12 minutes and fouled out, so he didn't even play in that yes. game. Yes, I, right. I think there needs to be a um, a tone set from the stars. The Nets have not taken the regular season seriously. They've taken nothing seriously. They've just been like, all right, let's wait till we get to the playoffs. Here we go. They need to set the standard of real. And you might be listening listening to this and go, what's the preseason? What does it matter? This team is such a cluster, you know what, from the last couple of years. Any form of organization, any form of normalcy, any form of boringness in the positive direction, I am all for it. Even if it means... Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant playing 30 minutes in the fourth preseason game. Hallelujah. The Nets are regular. Now, you agreed with me that Ben Simmons was like the highlight of the preseason. Yes. Now, I I'm going to tell you what mm-hmm. the second thing that I was looking out for. And I, you tell me if, if I'm overthinking it. It started with practice at the park. I noticed it. Me and my brother were talking about it a little bit. And then it, it was a focus of mine during the preseason. I couldn't help but focus in on KD's facial expressions hmm. because I feel like he's just so – he's not happy to still be here. And I'm hoping that I'm overthinking it. Maybe it's just me over – but when I see him, he just doesn't look happy. At practice at the park, usually he's smiling and stuff. I felt like he, he didn't even look happy. And again, maybe I'm overthinking it, but it just yeah. looked like he wasn't happy. Are you overthinking – thinking it of course you are but are you right to overthink it of course you are yeah i don't i mean i i overanalyze everything too it's like kevin durant this kevin durant that like yeah he kind of has our franchise at you know at ransom like what are you gonna do if he's gone the whole thing's gonna blow up so it's Mm -hmm. easy to get into that trap I, i did not analyze the practice at the park facial expressions but i can i can tell you now that you've mentioned it uh, it's definitely something that I'll be on the lookout for, but I don't blame you. Like for everything that had happened over the summer, how do you really know how they're feeling? I don't know. Kyrie Irving in his latest interview with Sham Sharania said that the stuff that happened over the summer will make them tougher. Who knows? Uh, they're saying the right things, but yeah, I, I get it. I would overanalyze, you know, Kevin Durant and, you know, which way his fart blows in the wind. I'm with you. Like, I don't blame you at all. To an extent, I, I agree with Kyrie just because I feel like they're all coming out. Like, who has more to prove in the NBA than Ben Simmons, who is constantly criticized for throwing yeah. a random air ball? Which, by the way, there was points in that practice where he hit two threes in a row. And I haven't seen – it was hard to find that video, but it's out there because I've been sending it to people. So I promise you it exists. I know. Then you have Kevin Durant after the trade. You have Kyrie that's trying to make that match. Like, there's not many NBA players that are trying to prove as much as these three, and they're all playing together. I think James Harden is another one that probably is out to yeah. prove some. But I can't think of too many other Russell Westbrook, not too many others, though, because the criticism that these three have gotten over this offseason, I think it's unmatched by just about anybody. Yeah, and it's unfair on the Ben Simmons stuff because, like, there should be criticism on Ben Simmons in a lot of ways, but the stuff that's just unfair is, you know, practice at the park, three, uh, you know, turnaround jumper, messing around, it doesn't go in, and then let's harp on that. 
mm-hmm. or a missed shot here or there. Like that should not be the stuff that's micromanaged to no end. The things like I would look at on the Ben Simmons front, and let me let me backtrack a little bit. I agree completely with what you're saying, and I think that's a positive on the net angle is these guys have so much to prove, and it's from the highest level of player, and that's why I connect the dots back to what I had mentioned about the preseason, that they're taking the preseason seriously is an indicator to me, knock on it, that they are taking it seriously and caring, and they want to prove that everything is going to be solid and will be great for them moving forward so that that i would agree with and on the ben simmons thing like the guy missed a shot there it sucks okay we get it didn't go in but the stuff that that's like unfair criticism the criticism should be on him is like he took four three free throws during four preseason basketball games he definitely looks with six he looks he looks scared to go to the rim and finish like that would worry me about ben that would worry me that would that would like that's the stuff that would actually worry me about ben simmons is I'm not like, is he going to ever be a three-point shooter? No, who cares? It's not relevant to this team. They don't need him to shoot threes. But the parts that I'd be worried about were, like Ben Simmons, you could get to the rack whenever you want. Why are you not doing it more? That's the stuff that would scare me. Not this irrelevant, like, oh, he missed a fadeaway shot with nobody there. Like, who cares? He Ben Simmons did a lot of great things in the, in the preseason. He did some things that would scare me. And I'm obsessed with watching him. And that's where I stand with it. Not this stupid <laughs> garbage practice at the park. That's just people that don't watch the Nets, want to troll the Nets, and get excited about putting the Nets down. Wasn't wasn't cyberbullying like a thing at one point? Weren't we trying to fight against cyberbullying? Yes. And again, I don't want to come off as a softy. I get it. I get it. It's just social media. Man, this guy, like, if it's true that he suffered with, you know, mentally through all this stuff that he's been going through and then they're just going to keep attacking him on social media at some point it's kind of messed up at some point i would assume and it's boring it's just boring (laughs) it's just like the same stuff like i i would have more respect for anybody that was watching the games and had actual critiques of what ben simmons saw in the preseason and not but maybe this is me getting frustrated with the laziness of people that don't watch basketball i want to put down people like for example, James Harden tonight had an incredible play. He had this funny play where he... I, I did see that highlight, yeah. Right? like, And it was awful. It was awful. But at the same time, James Harden tonight <laughs> was great. So, But that's like that's all that it'll be cared about. But maybe that's, yeah. that's just the way social media is. And now I'm sounding like I'm 39. I don't know. You are 39. Yeah, I'm 39. Okay. 40 in May. <laughs> Shout out to May. Um. All right, well, getting on to somebody else because there's enough Ben Simmons song. <laughs> How worried are you about Joe Harris? I'm worried. I'm very so worried. So am I. Yeah, well, yeah, it's just it's the same stuff every year uh, now for the last two years, and it's trending like he had the, the second surgery, then he comes back and plays, and then after one game he has to sit out. Uh, I'm I'm terrified about what the reality is of Joe Harris's future with the Nets. Terrified. As am I, because I, I thought after having like a full year off, <laughs> it was like, all right, he's gonna come back. He's gonna be ready to go after just one preseason game for him to not be ready for opening yeah. night. That really has me worried. Seth Curry's out. That's another one. Like, at, at what point are we gonna have to start looking at Patty Mills as our? Because I thought Patty Mills might be the guy singled out. Like, maybe he's going to be the one left out of the rotation. But he might get heavy minutes again. 
I know. And it's it's hard to understand and trust the nets of what's actually happening and what's the length of how long people are out. Like, how do you really know what's the deal with Joe Harris? How do you I sound like Jerry Seinfeld? But what's like, how do you really know what the deal is with Seth Curry? It's, it's scary and it's alarming. And it's just frustrating that the season starts and it's all, all the all already back to the stuff we had to deal with from last year. And Patty Mills, I liked I liked the Patty signing, but he is he is showing to be an aging veteran that might not be the same player he was in San Antonio. Uh, you know, if he's open, he's he's lethal to hit a shot, but he's a liability defensively. He has a hard time creating space. He's a smaller player, and he's definitely not as efficient. And you don't get the overall all-around game that you get with Seth and certainly oh, no, the size sure. with Joe. It's it just no, it's I guess it's okay as a third string option, but yeah, it's like here we go again. It's like Joe, Joe's like a ghost at this point. You know, it's he, he's never on the court. You just forget about him, which sucks. Would you well, actually? I don't even know. Is there a timetable on TJ Warren? Because I was gonna say, would you feel comfortable if TJ Warren comes back? Because if TJ Warren com- comes comes back or or comes and plays, would you feel a little better about Joe Harris and Seth Curry being sidelined for a while? Because teach TJ uh, Warren, he can score. Yeah, he, he can't he, shoot like the other two, but he can score. I'd feel a little better if if we had at least him coming off the bench. Yeah, no, I'm excited to see what he can bring to the team. And it does feel like a little, it's funny because as depleted as this feels, just watching this team in the preseason, they still feel like they have better depth than they did last year when they were playing the Boston Celtics, just based on having KD, Kyrie, Simmons all there. Um, It does feel as if they have a little more depth altogether. But, I mean, ultimately, for this team to win a championship, they're going to need some of those shooters to come back. And also, like the second unit, Ben Simmons thrived when he was in Philly on putting him around shooters, especially when the Sixers made that run a couple years back, not the year that Simmons imploded versus the Hawks. But when they were starting to hit their stride, Embiid was hurt, and the Sixers went on this wild winning streak, and it was like J.J. Redick, and it was spacing out on the other guys' names. But they were... They were. They fans. went like on a. They went like on a twelve-game winning streak. And he was the, the season. He was yeah. He was the guy that led all that. And I'm like, and Simmons has said this on Reddick's podcast. He's like the Nets. He's like it's a better version of that with Joe and Seth. So for them to not be there is so depressing. And I don't know. Again, for your original question, like with TJ, what is the real deal? Who who really knows? I know the Nets want to be careful with everybody. Want to be smart with everybody. But as a fan and watching and as an impatient group as we are, like fans are impatient. We know the history with Joe, so that's depressing. And now it's like Seth isn't even back yet. And you're like, oh, it's been all summer. Come on. Modern so medicine. You, you're like, oh. How do you feel about Cam Thomas being the new sixth man then? I mean, he's looked solid in the preseason. Really? He, he, Cam Thomas is one of those players – that I like, but I don't really want to see him play. Like, if he's playing a lot of minutes, I know something went wrong. Right. That's no, me personally, and Cam, I'm sorry, but that's how I feel. You know, I like what Cam Thomas has done, but you know what Cam Thomas is? Cam Marshall Thomas Brooks? is – No, Cam – yes. Cam <laughs> Thomas is like, if Cam Thomas was on the Knicks, they talk about, like, the future of the next five years. Like, it would be overblown. <laughs> like, that's what Cam Thomas would be. It'd be like – Oh my God, Cam Thomas can score. This guy needs mm-hmm. to get minutes over Evan Fournier. Like that's the kind of conversation it would be. Yeah. But like I, I need 
Cam made better, I think, decisions on his passing. But, yeah, he's almost like a forgotten net in a weird way, even though he's shown flashes of scoring. But, again, I I guess I'll be curious to see what he looks like, you know, around Ben, who's going to try to make life easier for him. will be interesting. Well, he's, I think he's definitely going to get some playing time now that we have yeah, Seth, TJ. Totally. And, totally. So he's going to get, he's going to be a scoring threat off the bench. I just don't know. I, just don't, I wish he would shoot better. Like, I understand that he, he could, the mid range is good, but his three point shots are inconsistent. And if he can get that up, I feel a little better about it, I guess. He, he plays one on one with KD enough where he's, I'm sure he's had some, some tutorials one on one. Yeah, I just don't know if that's his game. This is his second year in the league. He's still a young player. You know, will his three-point shot develop more? I think we'll find out this year. He did take a couple more threes off the top of my head, like in motion in the offense, shooting them. Uh, you know, this this is an opportunity for Cam, especially with Seth and Joe, Joe out and the Nets needing shooting on the second unit and needing scoring on the second unit. This is going to be his time. How does he make, you know, how does he utilize it? What does he do? Uh, he'll definitely get the, the the option. Like to me, I see him playing twelve to sixteen minutes a game right now with everybody out, and and will he make the most of it? And that's and that's sports too. Like, do you make the most of your opportunity with guys out in front of you? Uh, you know, the teams that end up winning do because there's always injuries. The teams that don't suck, and we'll not saying that this will mean the Nets will suck, but right, let's right. let's see what happens if if Cam can make harder decisions for the Nets team if knock on wood Seth and Joe ever do come back last year I thought one of the biggest losses for the team was Jeff Green mm. and also Mike D'Antoni yeah. yeah a lot of people didn't talk about Mike D'Antoni I felt like the ball movement returned this preseason yeah and now I'm not sure if, if that has anything to do with uh, the new assistant head coach was like e- Igor, Igor or, or yeah Right, he he played, or he was a coach with with the Suns. Yeah, back when Steve Nash was there, I don't know if that had anything to do with it. Right, but the ball move that was fun to watch this yes. this uh, this preseason because <laughs> it really was obviously we we see a lot of ISO ball before, but the ball was moving. So that was one positive here in the preseason. I'm looking forward to seeing how that translates to the regular season. I know it's so funny too because I think as net fans we have been battered by what we saw last year and how bad the ball movement was, especially versus the Celtics at points and just how pathetic the ball movement was for this team. That that was the first thing that struck me, to be honest. Like when I was watching those first games was they're moving the ball. They have a form of an offense. It's not just KD standing around. I thought that was a major positive from the preseason that at least they had some form of an offense and it wasn't just watch your superstars play. I was, I was thrilled to see that. I, I that and, was, that was a major turn on for me. And, and they're running because when you have Ben Simmons defending the five or the four, he's basically under the basket. He's the first one to get the defensive rebound. He's pushing. He's pushing. He had a, he had a nice outlet pass to Kyrie. I saw that he, the, against the Timberwolves. Like, they're pushing, and I love that they're going to be playing in transition. Now, that's the only way I see him and Nick Claxton working together. Once they get in a half-court set, him and Nick Claxton is kind of rough to watch. But when they're moving, I'm excited. In the half-court set, like you said, he seems hesitant to attack the rim. Six free throws. That means he got fouled three times only in a course of four games. 
that's going to be, I think, the issue. But I, I was loving the ball movement. I love the way that they're running. And that, I think that's – I don't know how sustainable that is, especially in the playoffs, but we're going to be running. And, and I think we're going to be one of the more high-scoring teams in the league. Uh, it was a positive. It, it, it really was to see transition basketball, see them move the ball offensively. I mean, their defense – they're – the first two games, I mean, there's definitely panic. And I don't care that it's preseason. I, let me say this. I have a I have a big difference of opinion on this with him and my co-hosts on Bad Weather fans. Uh, and I and I see where he's coming from because the Knicks were like four and he's a Knicks fan, and the Knicks were like four and oh, and then have had terrible preseasons. But for this preseason in particular seeing how bad everything was for the Nets the year before. And now to reference the points you made about their offense, I think it's I think it's fair to feel good about that. And I also think it was okay to be really upset after those first two games versus the Sixers and the Heat with just how bad the offense, not the offense, but the defensive intensity defense. look and how poorly they played in those like 50-50 moments that it got you scared. So that was corrected in the last two games, which was great to see, and that the offense was flowing and moving well at least puts your headspace into this opener versus a very talented Pelicans team where you're just in the right headspace and feeling, uh, I don't know, definitely confidence, not the word, but not like scared to death from what you saw. I have this thing that it's, it's, it's stupid, but it's something that just plays out of my head all the time. Every season for all my teams, I have this like mental trailer that happens. Okay. And this is how it plays out. I don't know if you remember, I don't think they do it anymore. But before, when a team used to win the championship, they used to have a championship DVD. Yeah, I, I know. Mean, you're you're a Mets thing. fan. So I don't know if, if you've ever, oh, you're a Giants fan. You got a couple. I, so, I, I was, I will say, I know exactly where you're going. I'm, I'm so excited for your point. And I was a freshman at Syracuse the same year with Carmelo. So I actually own that DVD. Oh, there you go, 2003? Yeah. But yeah, go ahead. I know, I, I'm know i so excited for what you're about to say. Go for so, it. So I always imagined it as a trailer for what could potentially be a championship DVD. Now, what do you need for a good trailer? You need yeah. a little drama. right? You need to start it off with a little drama, a little doubt. You need some type of climax. So we got the drama. We have the doubt. The climax will come some point in the playoffs where I, I can already imagine something dramatic happening. And then you have the grand finale where we're raising that trophy and we purchased that DVD. And it's the most beautiful DVD because if you have a perfect season, it's just not as dramatic. It's not DVD worthy. But I, I, I envision this championship DVD and this is the perfect start to that championship DVD. You need that drama. You need that, that, that deep voice. Go ahead, talking over that very dramatic music. Like, this is what I'm envisioning in my head right now. In the first year of the KD and Kyrie era, <laughs> KD didn't play. And then there was the foot. And then there was COVID. Yeah, no, I I get you. I love that. I do the same thing in my head every year with my sports teams. I actually like to use this mental DVD um, when I'm in the gym and I'm working out and I'm looking for a little extra fuel like on, you know, the Stairmaster to keep pushing. Yeah, Unfortunately, we've just been a part of every other team's DVD for the last couple of years. Like, like the Bucks, like, like the Bucks. We were definitely in the Bucks DVD. 
you know, we, we were, that was a big chunk of it too, probably. Yes, that, that series was the, alone. Yeah, I mean, we, I guess the Celtics didn't win, but if there was an Eastern Conference champion DVD, we were in theirs as well. So I like what you're saying, and I would 100% do all of the same things and will continue to do it. I'm sure you've already started it with the Jets, seeing Zach Wilson defeat uh, de- de- no, defeat Patrick me, Mahomes it, it in the with, championship. Uh, <laughs> I know that's in your DVD. The, the DVD started with uh, Joe Flacco somehow leading them past the Browns in that 13-point that comeback. That's, that's how it starts off. In the so, beginning of the year, Robert Sala asked for receipts, and now he's you paying them off. Down, that, that, no, that's I, how my mind works. I, 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 mine does the same thing. I'm just like, I'm so scared. Now, at the end of this DVD, in my head, I go, I just don't want it to end with another PJ Tucker three and me sad. You know, like that's the that's the fear. I love, I love it. I'll buy this damn DVD, but I'm scared. <laughs> you know, they had a. A New York Jets won for 2010 for some reason when we lost in the AFC Championship. Don't know why. Had to buy it anyway, but we had one. <laughs> well, that's why you bought it. <laughs> but um, but it. yeah, so that that's how I I because you know I, I have Yankee ones obviously, but that, that's about it. And but those are fun to watch. I was watching oh, yeah. a Rangers one from '94 the other day. Those are fun to watch. So I, I love the oh. narration, the dramatic stuff. It, it's all awesome. So you're a Rangers fan, right? Yes, sir. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. I think you might know what I'm about to ask. Is it weird rooting for something in Madison Square Garden? It It is to an extent. You know that um, my wife's into buying stock and the stock exchange and all that stuff. I'm not into that, but she is. Okay. And I found out that I could buy stock into the Rangers. And okay. I was like, ooh, I would love to buy stock into the Rangers. I call myself a part owner. Then I yeah. found out that it's not buying stock into the Rangers. It's buying stock into MSG Sports, <laughs> which means technically yeah. you're buying stock into the Knicks also. And that kind of just rubbed me the wrong way. But no, I, I love Madison Square Garden when it's the Rangers. I love when they light it up in blue and, and, uh, and red. Yeah. But um, no, it's not weird. Okay. Because I, I, I like for me, I, I'm, not, I'm not a hockey person. But when I, you know, I, I don't like the Knicks. And it's always just like. I couldn't imagine cheering for a team in that building and then despising one at the same time. I've been meaning to ask you that. So well, sorry. I, for well, I will episode. tell you, no, I will tell you that it was, and I'll get back to the Nets in a second, but I will tell you that it was a little weird when the Islanders started playing in Barclays. That rubbed me the wrong way. Although right, exactly. a really cool white and black Jersey. I was like, man, <laughs> that sucks. Right. I mean, I'm glad that they ended up going back to Long Island, but that that was a little weird for a little while. Right. You're going to like a net game, net Nick game in the garden one night, and you're like, this, oh, these people, oh, this, these fans. Uh-huh. And then it's like the next night, you're like, oh, hey, hey, Joe, I, I guess today we're friends. <laughs> I guess today we got to do it. Yesterday, well, your take stupid. Today, they're fine. Uh, but isn't that kind of weird when you and uh, your co hosts are agreeing on the Mets? Yeah, his at Mad Points stink, to be fair. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, how worried are you about the amount of backup to backs we have this year? Oh, I don't even do that. You tell me that there are a lot of there. I have no idea. There are a lot of back to backs. It was thirteen, but do you think they're going to be playing all of the back to backs? I have yes. a feeling that you really you do. Yeah, I mean, not all of them. You're saying like the KDs and Kyries of the world. I mean, those are the only two that really matter, right? Yeah, they will be. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna. If I think Ben yeah. Simmons plays all of them, 
And yeah. I think KD chooses the front half or the back half and vice versa. Kyrie will take the other one. Oh, I think they're going to play. No, you're crazy. I, I think they're going to play. I mean, I don't know if they'll do. I'm not going to say they're going to all be there at all the games because. Didn't Kyrie try will, to get in his contract that he didn't have to play back-to-backs? I think I'm falling for Kyrie's crap. I think he's going to play. I'm like all like all these videos and, you know, he's, you know, he's like, ah, oh, I'm a, you know, my dad and my baby. I'm like, I'm all in on it. Like, I, I. I think he's going to play. Um, maybe that'll fizzle out right. towards love, the end. I love Kyrie. I hope you're I, right. I think I think like, you got to get in the head of Kyrie Irving. I think he gets in modes and he's so stuck in his way that he doesn't change his mind on topics. I think in his head, he's so stuck in his way that he's going to try. And you could say, Mike, this is pathetic. He signed a contract for blah, blah, blah years, this amount of money. Why didn't he do it from the beginning? Okay, you can make that argument. I'm just telling you, I think he has in his head that he, like in his mind, he's like, I need to do this for the fans, for my family. I'm going to try this year. Like really try. And I I truly believe that he is, now how he'll play, what will happen, does he get hurt, all that is on the table. The only I way he gets hurt is Giannis's bitch ass doesn't move his feet away oh, yeah, from that, Kyrie. All right, yeah, that's what well, we got to make sure that doesn't happen. I think I think Kyrie's gonna. I think uh, to me that's the six. If the Nets are gonna win a title or be involved in this, he is the most important net on this roster, and he needs to have an MVP kind of season. Ooh, I was gonna ask you that question later. Who were the most important net was? Okay, it's him. Okay, it's he's him. The most yeah. important. Well, I I think that he's always wanted to to prove himself. It's just all the other stuff keeps him away from the game. But when he's on the court, he's always balling. I think he always wants to play. Last year, he played every game he was eligible for. Every single one. And the year before that, I know everybody brings up the whole, oh, he went to that sister's party. Whatever reason, he decided he needed a mental break, which I think sucks. He took it. That's fine. When he came back, he never left again. I, I think that's a that, that was a little overblown by a couple of days, and because it's him, you know, the whole thing last year. I, I think it's like, yes, when he was eligible, he did play, but I think the overarching idea with Kyrie was just like they're always right or wrong, his fault or not, for whatever reason. And I'm kind of contradicting what I said before. There always seems to be a way to find Kyrie to not play. Now. Was it his fault? Is it like the worst case scenario where the one team in the world and the, and the you know the of the percentage? Yeah, it was brutal. But there always just seems to find a way for Kyrie to create this stuff. So that, let's, that, that, let's, let's dive into that though. Let's dive into that. In 2020, with the bubble, he had that ankle surgery. So he was out. He wasn't going to play in well, the bubble. Well, that see that to me is bigger issue than everything, right? Is not like, shoulder. Was it shoulder? It, it, I shoulder. I, I, it's just that it's it's the injury proneness, you know. Versus the Bucks in the playoffs, he got hurt. Like that would scare me too. Is he's not a big guy. He seems to always get injured. Like we could micro all day long about what happened here, what happened there. But what scare me is, can Kyrie be sustainable to last for an eighty-two game season? And then when we get to the playoffs. Is he going to be able, is he going to be able physically able to to continue success or does he get hurt like that like we saw what happened with the Cavs when he got hurt they're just there's always something there and that would scare me more than 
I mean, truth, like you want to, we could get into a whole debate about it's not, it's not right. He disappeared for four games in the middle of February and he decided to go to this. Have fun on the debate. I'm more concerned is like, does Kyrie get hurt all the time? Is he going to be around in big spots? But I'm okay with that. The problem that I have is that people keep saying that mentally he's not going to show up for us. And yes, I understand that that one incident did happen, but that's the only one. After that, it's been injury and the vaccine. I get technically the vaccine is mentally his fault also because he chose not to do it. But in reality, you had visiting players playing at Barclays. So that just wasn't fair all, overall. No, that was that was terrible. I mean, that it was, was stupid. stupid. It was yeah, stupid. And, 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 and not to get into it, but it made no sense to me why it took to like February for the media to pick up on that. Right. Well, but, it's because um, the it's because the Yankees started to get involved and then all of a sudden people cared. I mean, that, I, I mean that's reality. But yeah, I, I would, I don't, I don't, like I said, I think Kyrie's going to, I think Kyrie's going to come out and, and really give everything he has. I, 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 I think he's in this mindset where that's where he is going to go. I'm not like in, to, to your original question about the back to backs. I think he's going to play. I really think it's not going to be all of them, but I would say 80% of these back to backs, he'll play in both. I think he'll play in like 11 of 13 of them, something like that. Who do you think plays more games, KD or Kyrie? I think Kyrie does. Yeah, I think Kyrie's gonna. I think Kyrie's gonna play a lot, based off of just rest, or just because you think KD might get hurt. Just, I think Kyrie's got a lot to prove. I think Kyrie wants to get a big contract. Everything I've seen from Kyrie in this offseason indicates to me that he is going to give everything he has. I think KD a little bit older. The rest is a little more warranted and will rely on Kyrie to carry the team in the regular season. And I, when KD, KD also injury prone has shown that he misses probably at some point is going to miss about 15 to 20 games because of an injury. And we can all have a panic attack over that. I think Kyrie's going to play 70 games. I do. I used to watch KD play. And when he would hit the ground, I'd get really nervous. I think <laughs> yeah. this year, <laughs> I'm not even worried about that anymore. I just I want to that. see if he gets up with a smile. If he gets up with a smile, feeling. I'm happy. I know that feeling so many times going down. Kate, like it's like, <gasps> mm-hmm. mm, yeah, yeah he takes scary. some really bad falls. I don't know if you remember uh, round one against the Celtics the year before yes. last on the dunk. Oh my god, he like I that thought he terrible. like broke his arm the way he landed and just popped play. right back up. That was yeah. that was so scary. It's so funny. I haven't thought of something like that in it's been a, probably been a year plus, but I I could go right back to that memory. It was that was either game one or game two. Yes, it, it was, was in Boston. For sure. No, no, and it was in Boston. No, that was in, it was in, that was in, I thought was that was it? in Brooklyn when he went. It down. might have been. I, I remember I was watching it in a hotel room in, in Disney World, so I don't remember exactly. I just remember <laughs> I, that's where I, I was. I was standing and I stood up. I was about to cancel the trip. We that's it. Disney is shut down for this weekend. I'm sorry. sorry. I was in Disney for Nets Pistons 2004 game five when Brian Scalabrini hit a bunch of threes and the Nets beat the Pistons in triple overtime. I was I was in college and we had a me and a couple guys did a Disney trip and it was Nets Pistons. And I we I was like I went to the local Hooters. And watched uh, di- watch Nets beat the Pistons, and then Detroit won the series in seven. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, not to get into Disney memories, but I watched the uh, the Heat beat the Nets in a playoff game back in 2014 out in Disney also. So obviously, 
no more watching Nets no playoff Disney games at Disney. Disney is completely out of op- – we're not going to be there when the Nets are in the playoffs. No more. Right, now, no more Disney. Who do you – what do you think is more likely? Katie wins MVP. Kyrie wins MVP. Ben Simmons wins Defensive Player of the Year. I think uh, Kyrie wins MVP. Uh, I, 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 I think – KD is going to have a very good year, but I I have I have more belief that this team is more well rounded, and I think because of that, KD takes a step back, the Nets take a step up, and that step up is because Kyrie Irving goes from All Star to MVP level. Okay, I can see that. I think it's more likely that Ben Simmons was defensive player of the year. Just for the fact that I think they've added so many pieces that the defense is going to improve and they're just going to give all the credit to Ben Simmons. Whether it's right or not, I think that he's going to take all the credit for the defensive improvement this year. We'll be like a top five, six defense in the league and everybody's going to be like, you see, that's what happens when you add Ben Simmons. Yeah, He doesn't have to shoot, but all of a sudden he's a defensive player of the year. I hope you're right so much because I've seen a lot of good Ben Simmons defensively in this preseason, getting in passing lanes, guarding Giannis in the post, who was four. Oh, he said he's an animal though. He has made he has made a difference for them on that front. And that's what's been so weird about Ben Simmons this year is like there's been so much good stuff with Ben and then so much like not good stuff with Ben that I can't take my eyes off of him. When I watch him in these games, everything he does from defense to offense to passing. So, you know, I pray that you are right. And we come back and we're like, oh, remember that episode on episode number five on October 18th? I'm like, yes. Oh, I'm keeping all these receipts for sure. Yes. Let's like all Robert Salad receipts on this show. I'm. When I think about Ben Simmons playing defense, I think about LeBron James against Derrick Rose in the Eastern Conference Finals, like 2011 or something like that, or Eastern Conference Semis. The Bulls came out, took game one, and Derrick Rose absolutely destroyed the Heat. Everybody's Mm -hmm. like, oh, the the Bulls have a chance. The next game, LeBron James took on the task of guarding Derrick Rose, shut Derrick Rose out the rest of the series. And that's how I see Ben Simmons. With the, he's taller than him. Not as strong, but he's taller. He's as athletic. Ben Simmons is a taller, more athletic, same athleticism as yeah. LeBron James defensively. And and I, I'm, I'm here for that. And he's going to get all the credit for the defensive improvement this year. I, I, I'm almost certain of it. Uh, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. And it's, it's, um, that's the stuff that will really. There's negatives that will come in fourth quarter play, but that's the stuff. And that's why you need like Joe and Seth out there because he can make those guys around him better. But all of those things where you get into a playoff series and you can guard a Tatum, you can guard a Jalen Brown, you can guard a Giannis, you can put him on James Harden, you can you can put him on Trey Young. Well, I hope uh, that's the stuff, the intangible part of him that you just hope works out and he gains his confidence and he can be the third guy on the Nets who's so uniquely different to Kyrie and Kevin Durant. Um, it fa- fascinating and getting me juiced up for Wednesday night, getting me excited uh, to see what happens 
with this bunch. Like, see, see who he guards out there against a very talented Pelicans team that's got two forwards, you know, that can that can score the basketball. And where Simmons, you know, goes on and, and defends their two their two big stars. And the beauty is that Nick Claxton can also cover one through five. Mm-hmm. It's not just Ben; it's it's Nick Claxton. Now you just brought up Joe and uh, and Seth. So I had another quick question for you. I'm just gonna a couple of questions, just quick shoot shoot them at you. Yeah. Last year, Lamarcus Aldridge and uh, Blake Griffin. I didn't see them getting benched for the majority of the season. I just didn't see it happening. This year, with the deep roster, there's a good chance that somebody just might randomly lose some minutes. Who do you see as being like a surprising like that's it? We thought he was going to hmm. contribute, but he's just on the bench. Yeah, that's an interesting question. Who? Um, well, well, I'll start like, while you oh, think about it. Okay, I was going to run through the roster in my head and then make the guess. Let me hear. Let okay, me hear go yours. for it. What? I think Patty Mills is going to be the odd man out. Yeah, I, I think now, he's done. I hope so. I think Patty Mills is going to be. And you know what? And I had somebody on last week, uh, Poppy Solo on Twitter, and mm-hmm. he said patty and I, I was like you know what i don't think so and then the more i thought about it, i was like you know what he's right patty was gonna go from being the most played player last year to barely getting on the court this year if everybody's healthy and, and that's yeah. what i see and if i i think if patty mills is playing there was a problem like for reals like patty mills has to be the guy that was brought onto the brooklyn nets that plays he's the guy that's there because he's buddies with Ben Simmons or, you know, with Ben Simmons and he can help out on that front. I think if Patty Mills is getting somewhere between 15 and 22 minutes, something drastically went wrong with this roster. And that would with Joe or Seth. So that would, I think I already assumed he was on that list from your question. So I I guess kind of backtracking, it's not KD. It's not K. It's not Kyrie. It's not Ben. Um, I think the only other option, and this would scare me because things didn't go great, I think would be Claxton. Ooh, I was about to say the same thing. You're probably going like, to say Claxton. Like, I think because he has the biggest boomer bust for the Nets. Like, you know, Royce O'Neal's going to get minutes. Joe's oh, hurt. Royce, Royce, Royce O'Neal's going to start. Royce O'Neal's going to get minutes. He's going to be there. Um, you know, Seth or Joe, if they don't play, that's because of injuries. It's not going to be because of any other reason on that front. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could say Cam Thomas, but to me, it's like it's like Nick didn't develop where they needed. Ben takes his slot. They they get minutes in other places. They play small ball. To me, it's 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 the boomer bust is Nick, that the guy that gets buried. But the the good news is like that's different than last year. All the guys that got buried were old, old, old. This is like a so much younger net roster, and the guys that are older are not going to get benched because they're their yeah. star players. So I feel a little better about that, which make I think it's a really great question and a unique question. And I would say I'm, I'm I think because the the better players are younger, it's a little different where like the Blakes, LaMarcus's of the world, they don't have those older guys just kind of rotting on the bench anymore. Right. But I, I, I am with you with uh, Nick Claxton. I started thinking after you said that, or I, I could tell you were about to say it when you were running the <laughs> roster. I was like, you know what? He's going to say Nick Claxton. And he has a point because I could definitely see a boomer bust with him. All right. Uh, who do you think is going to be the sixth man 
for our team? Uh, I think Seth. Once things get rolling, he's going to come off the bench and be huge for them. Because I, I think, think O'Neal. I, I mean, I'd love well, that. Royce Royce O'Neal is going to start. Yeah, you might. Yeah, yeah, probably right. I mean, with the Joe inconsistency, I think Roy starts and Seth gets that. But yeah, TJ is such a wild card because he he can score. But, you know, the last time we saw him play was a year and a half ago. So he is he's another one of those like net wild cards where you just don't know what you're going to get. You're, you're going to get from him. I'm hoping that the second unit is going to be run by Ben Simmons with Joe Harris, Seth Curry, maybe even Patty Mills out there with Royce O'Neal. You have four shooters along with Ben Simmons. I would love to see that. Yeah. No, he gets right. people involved in the line, I, uh, the three-point line. I agree. Now, one more question before we went to some bold predictions. Yes. Who do you think is going to lead the team in turnovers? Uh, Kevin Durant. Ooh, I was going to say the same thing. I was hoping he, he turns the else. ball over a lot. He, I mean, he always has the ball. He has the ball a lot, but it just seems like it just seems like he turns. He had a lot of bad turnovers versus a, a lot of. of Across court passes, I, mm-hmm. I don't know why. And is it because he's seven foot tall and the ball takes for absolutely forever to hit the ground from his hand that he gets the ball taken from him so much? Because I'm sorry, I don't know if you've noticed. I'm putting it out there. I love KD, but handles for a seven footer is great, but not necessarily great handles overall as an NBA player because he's constantly getting the ball taken from. Yeah, it's a lot. It just happens. Uh, for as many great moves as there are, there are times where he gets, you know, he gets picked when he's crossing it over. Those passes that you referenced just before, it does happen all of the time, and that's why that jumped in my head. I don't, I don't know if I'm right, and maybe it'll end up being a guy like Ben Simmons who will be holding the ball more, Kyrie Irving who will who will be distributing a lot more than KD ultimately. But it just those KD turnovers stand out so much. It's like that felt like the natural answer. Well, he led the the team in turnovers in the preseason. If that means absolutely anything, it yeah. Well, it means something for my prediction, definitely, because <laughs> that's what it, that was part of it. All right, so give me a bold prediction for a player, and tell me why it's that Ben Simmons will average a triple double. Why Ben Simmons will average a triple double? I think he's so that's, hesitant to, to. Well, I, I. That's my bold prediction. I I could make the argument because he's going to be so hesitant to shoot. He's going to pass a lot and get way too many assists than he needs. He'll he'll get his points in transition layup, so 10 will add up, and then rebounds. He's just a big guy. I could see that. Um, bold trans. Um, I think I think Kyrie Irving is going to be an MVP candidate. I think he's going to be okay. that good of a guy. Like He's going to be not the MVP, but there's going to be those shows where it's like, Kyrie no, Irving. Bold. You just said that he's going to win MVP. I'm going to put it out there. Stock up. Number four on the list. Luca had a bad game. Let's move him to number three. I I think Kyrie's <laughs> gonna be, uh, I think Kyrie's gonna be the guy. So not MVP, but in the MVP convo. I think that bold enough. Gonna... No, you got to say he's gonna win it. All right, he's gonna win the MVP. There you go. Don't don't, don't <laughs> crop that on me. Play it back. Uh, look like a moron. <laughs> uh, no, I think Ben Simmons is gonna average a triple double. I think he's gonna struggle with getting the ten points. But the rebounding, because he's defending the big man, he's going to be under the rim. He's going to get those rebounds easy. Yeah. The assist out in transition, those are going to come easy also with all the shooters and everything. I think he's going to average a triple-double. If, if I did the math on it. I, I forgot where I have it. But I think if you average out to like 35 minutes per game and the numbers he had in preseason, he mm. averaged about what would be like 9.7 assists and rebounds per game. Playing 35 minutes a game. I, I love math. I'm a math teacher. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, so, that's cool. 
So if, if you do that, I think he's going to have a hard time with the points, but assists and rebounds are going to be there easy. So I think he's going to average a triple-double. I, 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 lo- I love the doing the math part, though. That was great. Yeah, I'm a nerd. Uh, give me a bold prediction for the team. And while you think about it, I'll start off. I think they're going to win 60-plus games. That's bold. Uh, I think the better. I think they're gonna break our heart. Oh, what? That's my. That's not what I was looking for, Mike. Uh, They're gonna break (laughs) our heart. Yeah, they're gonna do something that's gonna piss us off. That's my bold prediction. I guess that's not really that bold. That's almost expected, no? (laughs) No, I know you're right. No, they're. (laughs) Yeah, I. I, Um. How bad are they gonna? Okay, so let's go bold. Here's my bold. You said we're not gonna make the playoffs. No, they're gonna make the playoffs. My bold prediction is. My bold prediction is your next or question after that. So let me – I don't want to – I think I know where you're going. The next question wanna, is the last question. So, yeah, go ahead. So that's my bold prediction. My bold prediction is the next question you ask. So how are the Nets going to do this year? That's it. That's the last question. Yes, I sir. think there's been this cliche with people's answers. And if you have it, I'm sorry. <laughs> the Nets are going to do one of two things. They're going to either get to the finals – or they're going to implode in the regular season and not even oh, make the yeah, playoffs. I, I, yeah, I've heard that a lot. Well, why, why can't the Nets have a good regular season and then just lose to the Celtics in the second round? Like, why is that not an option? I don't because understand. that's not DVD material, Mike. That's why I, I get you, but it's like, oh, the Nets have never had a roster this deep or this good. I think that minimizes the other teams in the league. Two in particular, three in particular: the Heat, the Bucks, and the Celtics. All three have. Especially the Celtics and Bucks have proven. I mean, those are the last three teams to go to the you know the finals. I think yes. saying the Nets are automatically going to either be awful or great and not be like very good kind of irks me because that's a hundred percent a possibility with this team. There's no lock that they're going to get that place or that like to me. Of course, they're going to make the playoffs. This is not going to. They're not going to implode. They're too talented to implode where they disappear. If injuries happen, injuries happen. But this idea that it's either the finals or they suck. My bold prediction is in how I think they're going to be. I think they're going to like lose in the second round. And it's going to no, be just. That, that would be heartbreaking. No, they got to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. I know they have to. I've been waiting 32 years for them to win a title. <laughs> but I just, no, I'm but just at being least honest. The Eastern Conference Finals, though. Like. They have to make it at least to the Easter Conference Finals. Yeah. They have to, they, they have to, for me, at least win a championship. I, I just, I don't, in my head, and I know the DVD thing, but I've, I've, I've been to Blockbuster. The DVD sold out. I'm sorry. The, I know you're <laughs> going to hate me for the negativity, but it's just at some point I'm like, I just, and I'll make these DVDs in my head. I will do, I, I love that. I will do that. But I'm just like, at some point, I haven't seen it to believe it. So my negative mind just goes to that Buck series. It goes to the Piston series I referenced from 04. It goes to Nets versus Bulls in the Barclays Center, and they lose game seven. It's just like, how can I not think through that? And I give credit to anybody that can. I just, I, I, I will be there for every game. I love this. I love them. But I'm scared. I'm scared to make a bold prediction that they'll go to the, the finals. I'm scared to do it. I think they're going to go to the finals. And I think they're going to go to the finals because they're going to have the number one seed. That's going to be the key. 
because where they've messed up is their first round matchups has really fucked them over. Because they ended up with the second, third, or seventh seed, they ended up playing against the, literally the Eastern Conference champions every year. Basically, the best team in the East, they ended up playing before the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. They're gonna go and they're gonna be the first seed. They're gonna because they're taking this the the yeah. the, the regular season series seat, like you said. They were the first seed last year when Kevin Durant was running out there with four babies next to him. He's gonna he has a solid team. Yeah. They're gonna take it serious. They're gonna be the first seed. They're gonna have not a, the East is deep, so it's not gonna be a soft first round, but it'll be a softer first round. It'll be the fourth seed, which would be the the lesser of the top four seeds or fifth seed in the second round, and they'll have their real challenge, which will be the climax of my DVD in the Eastern <laughs> Conference Finals. And then we'll see yeah. what happens in the finals. But I do think they get to the finals. I hope and you're right. I, I really, I know I'm right. I hope I you're right. right. I, I, I hope you're right. Trust me. The, I was, um, I was, I was thinking about this the other day, and I was texting with a very good net net fan, uh, Corey, and I said, "What, like, what would you think of the moment if the Nets won the title? Like, what would that even, what would that even feel like? like what would that moment?" What would happen? Like, what would you do? Like, if the, you're you're watching and the Nets are, it's Game Seven, Nets versus Warriors, Nets in Golden State, and it's one on one, one hundred. KD with the ball, three, two, one, passes it to Simmons for three, goes in. Not that's the scenario. Nets win the title. Like, what happens in those next sixty seconds of your life? Think about that. Simmons I three for the title. <laughs> I can't imagine. A team of mine playing for a championship. The stress. Like as what, good what, as I, it gets. What, what I went through game seven against the Bucks two years ago, I can't imagine feeling that in the yeah. NBA finals. Like the Cavs Warriors game seven when Kyrie hit that shot and LeBron got that block. I can't imagine watching that game. I was stressed out watching it and I didn't even prep about either you one of those care. teams. Yeah. I can't imagine actually rooting for one of those teams. Watching the Jet the Jets in the Super Bowl, the Nets in the finals. The Yankees, I love the Yankees, but like it doesn't move me like it used to because yeah, I've no, watched them win you. so much in my lifetime. So watching one of those two teams win, man, that would be just oh yeah. <laughs> it's even... um I, I've experienced it a little bit. It was definitely the Giants in 07 versus the Patriots. It was mm. it was a it's like a freezing moment where you look around and it doesn't feel real. And I think the only the closest thing in recent memory with the Nets. Is the three the Nets had versus that that Durant had versus the Bucks in seven in Game Seven, where his toe was on the line, but that feeling of like, holy shit, this is me, like this is working. Um, and then the stress level, of course, would just be uh, uh in insane. But you know the, that pay the payoff, like for the payoff for the Nets winning a title, uh, would be like nothing I've ever experienced in my sports fandom, and I'm sure. You know, that's why you go through all these bad moments because those good moments will feel that much better. And it's the bad that makes the good feel so great. Um, and it's it's why, like, opening night, tomorrow night, or you're listening to this tonight versus the Pelicans, you can start to dream and you can start to build the DVD. And as for negative as I was to end this and saying that, you know, it's just, it's just a... Um, it's a mechanism I've created to not let myself get hurt. Then it's pathetic, but it's real. Well, that's how all those battered fans are. It's just it's just common. It's yeah. common. It's it's something that we we expect. It's almost like uh, 
brace yourself for the worst, hope for the best. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> exactly. Like said, it's a coping mechanism, but it's all right. We'll revisit this at the end of the season once we're celebrating, sir. Okay. I would, yes, I'll, I'll do this episode naked. <laughs> you put a little black box around my dinghy. Do that. <laughs> well, thank you again for joining me on this preview episode, Mike. Catch him on Bad Weather Fans Podcast. You can catch that on all streaming platforms and on YouTube. Would you like to say anything else before we head out of here? No, just thank you for having me on. Check out Bad Weather Fans. I do it with the Knicks fans, so you'll get a little bit of that back and forth, which does make for a unique listen. But appreciate you having me on anytime you want. Always enjoy doing it. Go Nets. And uh, hopefully there's success in our future. And uh, you can say, told you so, Michael Pacenglia. Told you so. I'm going to personally buy you that DVD and send it to you. Mm. Yes, please. Or, or nowadays, I can probably just like email it to you or something. Yeah, what's a DVD? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Thanks for listening, guys. We'll catch you next week.